Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Deep down the sideline for you. He's got it. And he's gone. Touchdown. San Francisco. Are you? Are you? Are you? Is on fire. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Standard Podcast Network Instant Reaction Podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera here with you. Going to be joined by Levin Black shortly. But the 49ers get the 27-14 win over the Bucks. We're going to break down everything that happened before we do. Just want to remind you, please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. It's the best thing you can do for the channel okay deep breath there got a little hairy at the end right all of a sudden you were feeling good in the second half and then things turned very very quickly very deceptive score there 27 14 because the bucks had chances to get into it at the end of the game we are going to break it all down want to give a shout out to larkin youtube channel member for six months purdy was immaculate also how about tig brown yeah jair brown we're going to get into it we're going to get into everything hink dad says will rob be positive about this win and brock purdy what's to be negative about brock purdy he was phenomenal today 21 of 25 333 yards three touchdowns and a perfect 158.3 quarterback rating. He is just the third 49ers quarterback in a period of time, maybe ever, I think, to have a perfect quarterback rating in a game. And I'm pretty sure you can guess the other two. It ain't Cody Pickett. I'll give you a hint. Purdy was great today. Made great throws. 
honestly, the only time the offense really slowed down for the most part was when Kyle took his foot off the gas in the second half. They were rolling in the second half of this game. At one point, they ran the first 12 plays of the second half, and the 49ers had 10 or more yards on five of them. They were just, and the only reason that the, it wasn't more is because they had shorter plays because they got too close to the end zone. So there was literally no more room for them to run. They were averaging 14 yards per play on the first two drives of the second half. Purdy was fantastic. The word I want to describe with him is sharp. Just all over it. Sharp. Basically from go. They didn't score on the first drive, but after that, Purdy was basically on point. Making plays, avoiding uh the pass rush, he got sacked five times in the game. And I know I just said he was avoiding the run, or four times, excuse me. But he did. He bought himself a lot of time. He could have been sacked a lot more in this game, and he wasn't. Great game from Purdy, 100%. Mr. J. Fizz says, Brock Purdy is him. He is our future quarterback. Levin Black is here. What's up, Levin? That wasn't uh, a bad game there. It wasn't as great as it could have been, but a win is a win, and it's a double-digit win, so you can't really complain. For a double-digit win, it was dicey for a little while there in the second half, which is a really weird thing. Uh, ben Taylor says, keep doing your thing. Stats love the channel. Thank you very much, Ben, YouTube channel member. We appreciate that. If you want to become a YouTube channel member, it's less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis. You get membership badges. You get priority comment response. So please, please do it. Support the channel. Oh, what are you drinking there? It is a uh, Sam Adams cherry wheat. Oh, very nice. All right, I went with this blue moon again, traditional. Uh, Four King Crazy says, still not convinced by Wilkes coverage as Brown looks like a fine. Jair Brown bounced back from the dodgy start. Brock was on fire, by the way. Love the instant reaction shows with yourself and Levin Black. I was talking about Purdy, so I'll let you chime in there. I mean, he this is one of the best games of Brock Purdy's career. The only one that competes is last week. Back-to-back <laughs> <laughs> uh, -back great games. I actually just tweeted out a stat that I prepped uh kind of halfway through the fourth quarter didn't send just in case something happened at the end of the game but uh he's uh one of only three instances of a 49ers quarterback throwing for 600 plus yards six touchdowns and no interceptions in a two-game span joe montana never did it wow it's steve young in 1990 let me Steve Young in 94 and then Elvis Gerback in 95 are the only two times it's ever happened. So Brock Purdy's the third ever instance. Neither one of them ever did it twice. That is crazy. A uh, shout out to Larkin. Thank you very much for the super chat. Someone has to start the gold standard Vegas fund. February is close. Well, that I, starts, that starts a fun $50 donation. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I talked myself out of it after the three game losing streak. Like, I'm not looking ahead now. I'm not talking yeah. about the Super Bowl anymore. Um, I'm not convinced about the defense still. Um, we can talk about that, but I wanted to stick with the positive stuff. But thank you very much, Larkin. We greatly appreciate that. Um, let's focus on the one game. Like Warner said last week in the locker room, like, hey, we learned our lesson. Let's focus one game at a time. Jason PDSI says, is being able to throw deep dimes for touchdowns while under duress a product of the system? <laughs> Asking for a friend. That throw to Ayuk yeah. to open second play or third play of the second half was perfect. That you can't, if you handed the ball to Brandon Ayuk, you can't put it in a better spot where Purdy put it. I think someone had it on Twitter. It was like 51 yards in the air. Mm, 40. 40? 
Whatever yeah. it was. Well, I, I replayed it and counted it myself. It was from the 16 down to the opponent, 43. So I say 40, 41, depending on if you say 43 or 44 for IU catching it. And you know what I like? I like that the Niners kind of go for the knockout punch early in the second half. They yeah. did it against Pittsburgh. McCaffrey had the 65-yard touchdown run on, I think it was the second play of the second half. They did it last week with Kittle on the deep touchdown. That was the second play of the second half. And this was the third play of the second half to Ayuk. All deep touchdowns, uh, 50 or 60 yards or more. I love that the Niners go for that punch. Even the play before the long Ayuk touchdown was a risky one, right? Because they're backed up to their own end zone. I think they were on the three after McCaffrey got a single yard on first down. And they called out called the tight end leak play, basically, mm-hmm. to Kittle. If that doesn't work, they didn't have Purdy on the move. He wasn't going to be out of the pocket. He wasn't going to be able to, you know, just throw it away. And there wasn't a whole lot else out there. So if Kittle didn't get wide open there, it would have been Purdy has to make some magic to get out of the end zone without getting a safety. A play is designed to get Kittle wide open. Well, I know that, but it hasn't been working all that much because everybody's aware of the tight end leak out. I think now – you're seeing the effect of Ayuk. Ayuk being somebody that can't be covered one-on-one. You're seeing that Kittle leak out being the thing that teams kind of don't cover anymore. They have a linebacker try to cover. That's what Tampa did. The linebacker bit inside. But I think that that, that was a risky play. That was saying, we're not going to play this safe and just run it up in the middle again and make sure we don't get a safety. We're going to try to get big yards and get chunks. And we're going to call a gotcha play and see if it works. And it worked. I first of all, I loved all the plays they dialed up for Kittle. I loved it. There, like there were Shanahan, Jimmy Gimme's type gadget plays for Kittle where he's just wide open, and it was awesome. Eight catches, eighty-nine yards. He had the touchdown in the uh, in the red zone. Obviously, I loved that they were like, "Hey, George Kittle's a guy that we should actually use," and it worked perfectly. Uh, let, let's just say that Debo going down. I think forced Shanahan to utilize Kittlemore and I think if he was honest and he maybe he'll admit that at some point maybe he won't his eyes were opened up oh all these things that worked years ago the teams focused in on and took away from Kittle are now not being focused on anymore because they have too many other things to pay attention to and they're trying to cover Kittle with tight ends and he can get wide open again because the last two games IUK or not I uh, Debo hasn't been a big factor. He he had a touchdown, I think, in both games, but they weren't huge games. I think he only had 55 yards of offense last week, and I think this week he had a 39-yard catch, and he had, I think, 23 yards prior to that, so that gives him 62. He's only had, I think, six catches in the last two games. 63, get it right. Get your facts yeah. straight, Levin. Yeah. That, by the way, that play to Debo, the, the, the big uh, – that was a Shanahan special, the big chunk. Did you see Sam Monson tweeted it out? I'm going to try to pull it up here because it's glorious. That is Kyle just dialing up some stuff. He was so open. If you're watching on the stream, you can see there's nobody else on the screen. It's just Debo, and there's 25 yards of field there. Yeah. <laughs> no, not like another 49er, not another Buccaneer. It's just him. It's like he's out there practicing in pregame. Um, so I love to see that Kyle was in his bag. The whole passing attack really was phenomenal all day long. Brandon, Ayuk five catches for 156 yards. He is just like a chunk play waiting to happen. We talked about in the beginning of the year, 
if Ayuk is going to have a big year, he's going to have to maximize all of his targets because the Niners spread the ball out so well. Well, he is squeezing the juice from the orange, man. Five for 156. Quick math. That's an average of 31 yards per catch. 31.2. Get your math right. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so Ayuk was already like having a coming up on historic territory for amount of yards per catch and catches. Like if you cut the, I think he had 38 catches or something like that coming in. You said who who had the highest yards per catch on 35 catches? He was in the top 10. I mean, he has huge. That's obviously going to go up. On, I, I will be looking into that later this week to see just how far it went. Mm-hmm. But the, the crazy thing about that is you might look at the 156 yards and go, oh, well, that's skewed by the 76-yard touchdown. Take the 76-yard touchdown out. He still had four catches for 80 yards. That's 20 right. yards per. <laughs> like, he gets 20 yards almost every reception. He, and I don't think he gets enough credit for his yak. Like, he's good after the catch. He finds space. He creates room. He runs laterally a lot of the time. He has good vision. He's not a yeah. he's not a tackle breaker like Debo right. and Kittle. He he's has not really a good vision. Yep, but that's that's okay. However you get them, they all count. Uh, D-Ware5883 says, I don't know anything about play calling, but can someone explain Kyle's need to run it out of shotgun on short yardage? Very happy with the win. There were a few runs that were absolutely blown up by Vita Vea in this game, just like shut down immediately. Uh, He's a really good player. This just in, and the the 49ers' uh, interior offensive line is, you know, a little dodgy, let's just say. Andre, YouTube channel member, says Purdy played well. Interior O-line still an issue, but the corners are still our biggest concern. Brown got torched, then played well. Huff, ACL. Yeah, we don't know the status of Talanoa Hufanga. I'll try and keep an eye on Twitter here as we do this show. Uh, non I'm keeping an eye on something else. What are you The keep- Rams are currently down to the Seattle 14, two-minute warning. They're down two. And so- Geno Smith got hurt in the game. Oh, Stafford, I also I, – I didn't – I didn't see for sure Stafford made it back in for the next drive, but I saw that Wentz was warming up after Stafford threw a long interception and got drilled on the throw. Yeah, I think it was a flea flicker um, because I see some Rams mm-hmm. fans were upset on Twitter. Um, we don't know about Hufanga. He got juked out of it, literally maybe juked out of his ACL um, by a player on the Bucks. Jair Brown came in, immediately gave up a huge chunk play, but then also yeah. made some really good plays, including a beautiful interception in the end zone, which the Bucks were threatening to make this a game. The Niners defense had quite a little stand at the end of the game, Levin, and we can get into it if you want. So the Niners are up by multiple scores, and you're thinking like, okay, this is going to be pretty good. It's 27-14, and Tampa starts down the field, and they are moving the ball. 17 plays, they go 68 yards. They get to the Niners' 12-yard line, and finally the drive ends when the Niners pass rush helps break up a play, including Isaiah Oliver, who they blitzed, which genius move by Steve Wilkes. If you're going to have Isaiah Oliver in the game and Jair Brown breaks up the pass with Mike Evans and the Niners defense dodged a bullet there. Yeah, they did. Uh, The defense, I didn't honestly like it a lot in the fourth quarter. I feel like they changed. They said, Hey, we got this huge lead. Yep. And I think Wilkes went into the, we're going to play soft coverage. We're Mm going to allow the deep shots. And they just got picked apart. It was, 10 yard out after 10 yard out after 10 yard out. And I think Wilkes was okay giving that up because he, I think he was banking on, they're not going to be able to score fast enough and our offense will do something. Right. <laughs> and they didn't, <laughs> they didn't. And so it got a little tight towards the end, but they ended up making the stops when they needed ultimately didn't give up a lot of points. I just didn't really like that adjustment. 
that he went back to that soft coverage. To me, the problem was that both sides of the ball went conservative. Kyle just yeah. stopped throwing the ball. Like, like I said earlier, their first 12 plays of the second half, five of them went for 10 or more yards. They were gashing them, and then they took their foot off the gas, and it, they, they went three and out for two straight drives, and that opened the door for Tampa Bay to get right back into it. Plus, they gave up a five-play, 75-yard touchdown drive, which also helped, too. I agree with you. I think Wilkes was like, well, they might score, but it's going to take them a while, except it didn't. Uh, Samuel Bonilla says, Gino is hurt in the Seattle Rams game. Not rooting for this, of course, but I like our chances on Thanksgiving more now. We got to see. Let's you know, just... I, I wasn't even like, I haven't even moved to that Thanksgiving game. I did not connect the, oh, Gino might be hurt. That might help the Niners on Thursday, which nobody roots for injuries, but you're not exactly like, mad when the other quarterback goes down when you're four days away from playing him. You I'm not I mean? rooting for it. I'm not, not rooting for it. I hope he's okay. But I'm happy that the 49ers might not have to face a starting quarterback next week. And I think those two things are mutually exclusive. Shout out to the Day Household, new YouTube channel member. We appreciate you. Ray Johnson, thank you very much. Longtime listener, love the channel. We appreciate the super chat. Uh, Antonio says, I won't be able to watch this instant reaction live, but I still wanted to support the show. Thanks for the coverage, Robin Levin. You this community is awesome, man. That is so look, it's the holidays. Everybody, you know, it's not a time where people have a lot of disposable income. Uh, so I just thank you, really. Thank you, everybody. Um it's I, developing. I, it's you're you're we've been doing this long enough now. It's been almost a year, it'll be a year in January. We're starting to get the kind of loyal atmosphere that a lot of the people that have been at it longer have. And it's nice to, to see like the same people you, you start to feel like you get to know, even though it's yeah. just a name on the screen, you never actually truly talk, but we see the same people. We recognize the people that are coming back again and again, we've talked about it off the air. hundred percent. And it's, it does feel very much like, you know, just watching the game with your friends and having a conversation with your friends. So thank you, everybody. It will ne we will never take that for granted. I promise you. Uh, I Scott says, Levin, my guy, the bears almost did it. Great win for the squad. Let's get ready for Seattle. Yeah. What the hell bears? You couldn't finish that game against the lions. I'm sitting there 11 and I'm like, Oh my God, I think this, I think this might actually happen for us for the 49ers. Like the lions are going to lose. Oh my God, we're going to win. I started like trying to figure out the seating and everything. And then the bears just puked on their shoes down the stretch. Yeah, yeah I, I grew up an hour and a half South of Chicago. I know better. Don't get your hopes up when it comes to the Bears. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I grew up in Bears country. Gabe makes a really good point. Gabe Garoni says, like seeing Mitchell use Christian yep. McCaffrey punching his tablet was great. Brown inheriting the Hufanga tipped ball attraction. Perfect Purdy. Uh, <laughs> I, know, I was going to make a joke about that uh, Hufanga tipped ball attraction. Even if he like can't run, do you just like sit him out there because you know he'll get an interception and he'll just fall right, right into his lap? Even if he falls on the ground, he'll still go to him. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting. Before the game started, Pam Oliver said that Kyle Shanahan said you might notice some tweaks. They did a walkthrough practice this week, an extra walkthrough practice instead of a regular practice because he's trying to conserve the team, especially knowing they have to play on Thursday. And we yeah. saw the second, I think it was the second drive of the game. Uh, they didn't have McCaffrey in there. And then a third down came and they put McCaffrey in. They tried to lighten the load a little bit. I loved seeing it. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't last because... <laughs> Elijah Mitchell only had four touches the whole day and Christian McCaffrey ended up with 21 carries. But I think that that was the way that Kyle was going to go. I think he recognized that he's got to sort of manage that a little bit. So one, I'm seeing Gino is coming back in, in the comments. So uh, we'll see what happens, but 
Uh, I, I, the one thing that's disappointing is if they had scored like one more time or Tampa didn't get that one mm-hmm. touchdown, I feel like the last couple drives would have been, all right, get all the reserves in, rest everybody. Yep. And every, every key player would have gotten a little bit of extra rest going for that Thursday game. But instead, they all had to go back in there. They all had to take some extra hits and do some blocking, basically. <laughs> Unless so you're McCaffrey, Ra- then you took hits. The Rams have not scored yet. Third and goal, I see that. they didn't get in. So now it's fourth down at the Seattle seven-yard line. Come on, Rams. Do your damn job. Field goal and see it. If the Seahawks can go down and score to, t- to win the ball game, then they go down and score. No. Field goal. Take the lead. Not me. You know me. I want. Yeah, that, that's BS. If you were in those shoes, if you were the coach, you would not be going for a touchdown down two with a minute and a half to go. I would. What's the field goal do? Give you the lead. They're gonna well if Gino's back if Gino's out I kick the field goal but if Gino's back I don't know uh, this is a Rams offense that sucks for one for two Cup is hurt so it's even worse stuff. than normal intelligent AJ you guys are my first stop for post game coverage Levin's awesome Rob you're all right <laughs> see this is what I'm talking about the loyal kind of fan base we got here. This is what I don't need on a Sunday. Uh, Joshery says, a YouTube channel member. Thank you very much, Joshery. Carlos says, from a former quarterback, unreal how Brock Purdy's playing elite behind the 22nd best offensive line. If you can't see how impressive it is, you should stop evaluating QB play. I thought Brock did a lot of really good stuff in a muddy pocket today. There were people yeah. around him. They were getting pushed, and he stood in there. He didn't try and scramble and extend the play unnecessarily. He stood in there, and he delivered the ball deep down the field for chunk plays. Yeah, the the last two weeks are you can't get better quarterback play, period. Yeah, I agree. There, there's nothing that Purdy could have done in this game to be better. He was crazy accurate, and like you said, he stood in and took the lumps. He wasn't bailing. He wasn't throwing these weird passes on the run when he didn't need to. When he had enough time in the pocket, mm-hmm. if he just stepped up, he did the stepping up. He also did the ad-libbing that he's turning into a pretty good person on that. I mean, he's very good, I think, throwing on the run. I don't see a huge difference between him throwing from a clean pocket and him throwing on the run in terms of accuracy and all of that. It's as good as it gets. And I I think he's now, he's got to be top five MVP candidate. He's got 18 touchdowns, five interceptions. He's got two extra rushing touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. So 20 total touchdowns on on a top team. And look, like I said, he he is doing stuff that even Joe Montana didn't do 600 plus yards, six touchdowns and no interceptions in two games. He will never get the credit for that. He will not be in the MVP. Like no one's going to consider him MVP because he would have to be clearly better than everybody else. If it's equal with somebody else, Oh, this guy had 35 touchdowns and and Purdy at 36. It's not going to be Purdy. It's going to be, he's got Kyle. He's got all those guys. It's going to be very difficult for him to win MVP. Uh, Sean Big Grinch Anderson, thank you very much for the super chat. Stats and Fuego, things happen for a reason. Your gold standard channel has been the best thing since you started off on your own. Love the commentary. You drafted an all-star lineup to your channel. Well, let me just say, I'm super grateful that everybody was willing to come with me. So thank you to my team. Levin, you, Michelle, Jason, Steph, Vish, Grant. Thank you. Well, Grant actually wasn't part of the old team, so I shouldn't include him in that, but Thank you to everybody for being willing to come with me. So I'm just really lucky to have great people with me. Oh, shucks. Yeah, you get no credit. Got nothing to do with you, Rob. Nothing at all. Absolutely not. (laughs) 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's get into a little bit of the nitty gritty here in this game. And the Rams kicked the field goal by the way. So it's 17-16 Rams, a little over a minute to go. They're at the Seattle 38-yard uh, line. Seen in the comments, Shannon has said that it is most likely an ACL for Huff. Ah, that sucks. That's coming from Cam Inman, according to this comment. Oh, man. That is a bummer today. That, that, yeah. that makes the weak part of the defense that much weaker. Jair Brown. You hope you're on him now. Buddy, man, exactly. Here's your shot. Here's your shot to earn that spot because Gibson's probably not back after this year. Kate Rooney says, Kyle Shanahan says, Hufanga's knee injury is most likely an ACL. They'll find out tomorrow. Now, look, ACL is is not as devastating as it once was. But again, with Hufanga, we're talking about a guy that didn't have a lot of speed to begin with. Uh, So that's a scary thing. And that sucks, man. That really sucks. Put the damper on it all. I I want to know if Ward has anything that's going to linger because like we said, it's only four days. He came back in the game. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. True. Well, <laughs> it means something. I guess let, let me backpedal a little bit on it. It means something. It just doesn't mean that he's definitely good to go. The thing about Hufanga that's that's really hurts is I just he had just this nose for the ball that yeah. some guys just have it. I don't know what it is. I don't know how you get it. I, I don't know what it is, but he had it. He could make a game-changing play. It's anticipation. And- I mean, it, I guess you see it on, on all kinds. Like there's a lot of sports where you see it, you know, you see it in soccer, you see it in football, you see it in basketball. If you can anticipate, you're going to seem like you're faster than you are. And that you just have this knack of being in the right spot at the right time. And it, it, it's not luck. It is, you have a skill of recognizing things a split second earlier than everybody else. Ah, uh, that is a bummer. That is an absolute bummer. Yeah, uh, puts a damper on on pretty much everything. They, but yeah, they can usually tell too. Um, yeah, pretty much with the ACL right away. Um, for for Shanahan to say it in the press conference, it, I, and I David Lombardi said, "Hufanga left the locker room on crutches with a brace on his right knee." Well, so. yeah. Even if it was a sprain, he would have that. So that doesn't necessarily. I mean, if it's a sprain, he can be back for the playoffs. You know, for four or five weeks and he'll be back if it's torn obviously he's not the good news is eric branch as he pointed out jair brown four tackles three pass breakups and an interception in less than two quarters i thought actually both teams did this when guys left due to injury they attacked the replacement immediately mm-hmm. the bucks did it with jair brown and the niners were able to deal with it and the niners did it too levante david went out 
bam, they attacked the replacement immediately. Um, and look, we I had high hopes for Jair Brown. When he was drafted, all I heard was great things about how he made a ton of interceptions in college and he was a really good player and the Niners got a steal. And then we didn't hear from him for 10 weeks. And now yeah, we're going to hear. They've had two good safeties. That's why. Hufanga and Gibson have been really good. So we'll see. Hopefully he is. Um, they don't, they're not going to have a choice the rest of the way. And I'm sure teams are going to challenge Jair Brown because that's just the way it works in the league. And we'll have to see um, how, he, how it turns out. Yeah, I'm just yeah. looking at the defensive stats here. You have uh, Chase Young, Nick Bosa, and Armstead all had one sack in this game. And then Warner and Greenlaw both have half a sack. That's pretty encouraging. That that defensive line, once again, they they I think they struggled in the middle of the game. I tweeted out at one point that I didn't think they were getting home, but they closed that game. Chase Young had the sack towards the end. Yep. I think they closed well. They absolutely closed it out. Uh, let's see. Third and eight at the Seattle 40. Geno Smith just hit DK Metcalf for 21 yards. So the Seahawks are going to get a field goal, it looks like. That's why you mm, go. 39-yard line. For- 39 yard line. I mean, that, well, it's just went up to, they ran it for some reason. Weird. Cause they're kicking uh, the field goal. That's why you go for the touchdown. Field goals are failures. How many times do I have to say it? Uh, in that scenario, you kick the field goal. No, no, you don't. I don't anyway. Uh, how about this from Cam Inman? This is kind of annoying. Kyle Shanahan talking about Brandon Ayuk. It's been great. A lot was made out of it because he wanted, because wanted to talk doghouse in training camp. That was coaching. He was never in anyone's doghouse. We were coaching. No, dude. He was in your doghouse. You froze him out for like three three or four weeks of the season. He was in your doghouse. Like, damn. I, I don't think, I, I wish that somebody would follow up on on when Kyle says this, because it's not the first time he, it's the first time he said it this explicitly, but he's said similar things. Who owns the doghouse? <laughs> right, the coaches. So the doghouse is part of coaching. Like it's a coaching decision. So but, you can say it was just coaching. No, the doghouse is part of coaching. You're the one that controls it. You're the one that has the lock and key. Yeah, it's really weird. It's good to see Kyle apparently was complimentary of Brandon Ayuk. Although how could you not be? Like the guy again, five catches for 157 you yards. Trade him for a first round pick. Yes, if I can get if I can get a first, I would trade him. Yep, I would. I wouldn't. Too good of a receiver, going to be hard to replace the receiving, but even more than that, a phenomenal blocker in the run game, and that's a very hard thing to get wide receivers, especially number one wide receivers, to buy into. Uh, So the Rams have called a timeout with eight seconds left to try and ice the Seahawks kicker. He missed it. He missed it. Jason Myers missed it wide left. (laughs) Oh, is that why you take the field goal and take the lead? No, I go for a touchdown because I'm not banking on a guy missing it. 55 <laughs> yards, he missed it. And the Rams are going to win. And that is beautiful for the Niners because that means the Seahawks are going to drop to 6-4 and four, and the mm-hmm. Niners will stand alone. No tiebreaker necessary, baby, in first place in the NFC West. And tomorrow night, the Niners can get another good thing. You got the Eagles versus the Chiefs tomorrow night. I'll be rooting for the Chiefs for the first time in like five years. <laughs> That's why that freaking Bears-Lions game would have been I huge know. if the Bears could have held it off. But again, look, this is a Niners show. We should talk about the Niners game. <laughs> um, I will say this. I thought that 
this was more of a Brock game than a Christian McCaffrey game. Like, I don't think Christian McCaffrey did anything super special in the game. He only ran for 3.7 yards per carry, and his longest run was 12 yards the whole day. They won on Brock. He carried the offense today. Yeah, I tweeted it out. uh, When they scored that touchdown, uh, the long one to go up 20 or get to 20 points, they had 32 rushing yards from Christian McCaffrey. And yet they had 20 points and almost 300 yards of offense. Mm -hmm. So that was 100%. Purdy was killing everybody. Purdy at that point was almost 300 yards. He had almost 300 yards when Christian McCaffrey had 32 rushing yards in the game. Yeah, it was a pretty game. Kyle came out, and I think he was like, the Bucks suck against the pass. I think they were 30th against the pass coming into the game, and he was like, why am I going to run it? Why am I going to try and attack the strength of the defense? I'm going to pass. I think five of their first six plays were passing plays. They went at it. And at halftime, Brock had the second most yards he's ever had at halftime in his career. The only time he had more was last year's start against the Buccaneers. So Kyle went right at it and attacked them right out of the gate. And it was the right way to go. 21 of 25. This is that's the stat line that we were mad that like Kirk Cousins had against the 49ers a couple weeks ago. Right. And Joe Burrow, like that Brock was surgical today. Yeah, he's just this shows that Brock is in it for in Kyle's mind in a different spot than any other quarterback he's had in San Francisco because he's never abandoned the run. You know, he's never come out and said, you know what? I'm just going to pass to win this game. Right. He always goes, I'm going to see what the run game is first. And if it's not working, I'll see what the pass game is. Never did that before. Purdy is in a different class than any other quarterback that's been here. Roadhog228 says, all I hear is can Purdy play well if the defense isn't great? Well, boom, we have to show we can win in a not perfect game. It's true. Still the need to see that. I liked about this game too. So the Niners came out and they didn't score on the opening possession. But then they come out on the second possession, 12 plays, 80 yards. They just chewed up the mm-hmm. clock. They had the ball for 10, more than 10 minutes in the first quarter. It was just a slow, methodical drive. Even though it was it was 12 plays, they only had one third down on the entire drive. They just went right down the field and ultimately got the touchdown on the, the pass to McCaffrey. And it was like, okay, that is a dominating punishing drive of course the bucks fumble on the next possession and the niners go down and get the field goal which shout out to jake moody again making the kick like i think that's five straight field goals now for jake moody he's bounced back a little bit since that miss in cleveland yeah i think he's 15 of 18 on the season which isn't great but uh acceptable i guess you could say uh as far as the uh game this was got to be one of the fastest games in quite some time it was less than three hours total. <laughs> the NFL doesn't get under three hours. Like I, I made a comment to my to my wife when it was going to halftime. I said, this game's only been on for an hour and 20 minutes and we're already at halftime. Yeah, I think the announcers mentioned that. You know they like that too because you know they got like dinner reservations or something. You know they're working on it. Um, good. I wanted, I was hoping that the Niners would get up by three scores and be able to take people out. When they scored that touchdown to Kittle, in the second half, I was sitting there like, oh, this is perfect, right? They score the touchdown to Kittle. It's 27 to 7. Beautiful. They can really, they'll rest McCaffrey. 
They'll rest, you know, maybe Trent Williams, like they'll be able to be really selective with the snap counts that they give people in the second half. But unfortunately, right after that touchdown, the Bucs go right down the field, five plays, 75 yards and score. And so that kind of killed those plans. It did. Look, the game wasn't perfect, but it's perfectly like what you should expect. Like they're not going to blow out everybody and put it away to where in the fourth quarter you can have your feet up. Right. Like that's what it looked like. It was heading towards. It didn't get there. It's not that big of a deal. Teams struggle all the time to put teams away. It's the NFL. And while the Bucks are not a great team, they're not a terrible team either. This, mm-hmm. this isn't, you know, this isn't like this is some team that's going to be drafting in the top five, most likely. Like they're not a bad team. Matthew Rowley says the Niners defense is an issue. Also, I don't know what's better, watching the Niners win or watching the Seahawks lose. I've never been a um like obviously I want Seattle to lose, but I care way more about what my own team does. Like when the Niners win, if the Seahawks win or lose, like it's secondary to me. I care way more about what San Francisco does, but some people care just as much about what the rival does. Yeah, I would probably uh, fall closer to what you're saying. Like, I I don't care about what other teams do as much because if the Niners win, the rest of it will take care of itself is kind of my opinion. Um, But I certainly do like in the moment when I'm watching the game, I end up caring quite a bit about whether or not they lose especially when we start getting towards the end of the season and a team's still in the divisional race with us. Here's Kyle Shanahan on Brock Purdy. Very few throws that he missed, protected the ball extremely well, did a good job moving the chains. (laughs) How about like, hey, he was friggin' awesome, man. Yeah, uh, how about we, uh, you need to get Grant's comments, see what Grant says. Yeah, that's true. he was Two complete. weeks ago, he was one thinking Grant was going to get benched or that Purdy was going to get benched. Jason Tillman says, I was rooting hard for the Lions to lose. Just sidestepping that. I see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You can't distract with another comment. Oh, you know what else I wanted to say, too? <laughs> the Niners defense could have had an even better day. They dropped three interceptions in the game. Yeah, uh, the Greenlaw one, especially, like, literally right in his hands, both. Greenlaw had one. Gibson had one that he would have had it, but he collided with Mooney Ward. That was another interception. Like, I think the Niners defense actually played a little better than than what it looks like if you just look at the stats of the game. Mm, yes and no. I mean, they did give up some big plays. The secondary, I don't think, had the best of games. Uh, they came up big when they needed to. But this is a game that the Bucks could have easily gotten 20-plus in. Like, the, the 49ers defense bent heavily at times in this game. Uh, I think the way we've been talking about them is the way to talk about them. They were good. They weren't great. They had, they had issues, but they didn't allow it to cost them the game. And they came up big when they needed to. Right. And they, I mean, they did their part, right? So the Bucks got the one touchdown in the first half. Niners get the field goal at the end of the first half. It's 13, seven. Then they come out and the Niners stop them. Bucks go five plays, 19 yards. That's the defense making a stand. Then the Niners score the touchdown to make it 27. Niners defense holds again. Seven plays, 23 yards. Bucks punt again. Niners get the ball back. Nine plays, 79 yards. Touchdown again. And then I think they, like we talked about, they went into, you know, easy mode, essentially. They went into prevent mode. And I think that's when the Bucks tried to get their yards. But when this game was competitive, the Niners defense stood up when they needed to. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's all you really need. As long as you stop them from scoring. I don't really care that you give up yards. I mean, it 
I don't enjoy it in the moment, but as long as the points don't go on the board, it doesn't matter. Well, that's what I have been saying. Yards don't matter. Points are what matters, right? They do when you're talking about predictive. Hey, are they likely to get better or, or is this what they are? Yards matter in that regard. But in terms of winning a game, they don't matter. So this is where things stand now that we have the uh, Seattle loss to the Rams. Thank you, Sean McVay. Niners seven and three in the NFC West. Seattle at six and four. Rams at four and six. Cardinals at two and nine. That's nice too, right? Because obviously we want the Niners to get the number one seed, but you got to win your division. You have to, you want at least one home playoff game. And it's, it's all within the Niners control right now, Levin. You're up a game on the Seahawks right now. You've got two games against them in the next three weeks. You're playing in Seattle on Thursday, then you play Philly, then you play Seattle again. If the Niners split those games against Seattle, I think they win the division. Yeah, yeah, they just need to split. They can't get swept. I, I, I'm i stuck right now on looking at this graphic. The Niners lead the division in points scored by 63 and lead the division in points allowed by 61. They lead <laughs> both by 60. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, I think they had the best point differential in the Second, NFC. I think. In the NFC, yeah. Best. Yes. best in the NFC coming into the week. I don't know what it is at now. Uh, I sort of get sucked in on Sunday to only focus on the Niners. But well, you can do it right there. It's 122. Okay. <laughs> it's right in front of you. Flex by you to do your math skills right there on the program. It's two numbers. Is it that hard? Yes. Look, I'm trying to host, okay? I can't be doing complicated algorithmic oh, equations yeah. in my head. Yeah, 279 minus 157 is so hard. Here's what Kyle said after the game. I wasn't concerned with guys looking ahead. I didn't feel that at all. We had won one game here in the last month. I knew our guys were extremely focused on this. I don't think they looked ahead, but I think when they got up, they exhaled. I think everybody exhaled because you could see on that possession after the 49ers, they go up 27 to seven. The Bucks score to make it 27 14. And the next possession for the Niners was so weird. Nobody looked like they had urgency. They used a timeout because Brock is like motioning guys and shifting guys with like three seconds left on the play clock. They had to kill a timeout. They only gained three yards on the whole possession. I do think at a point in this game, everybody exhaled. And I think they found out how fast it can turn right quick. I mean, I already touched on it. I think they also changed some things on the defense. I I saw soft coverage there at the end. The whole last quarter yeah. was the DBs playing off. And maybe that's because Wilkes not looking at it that they were up big, but looking at it as we just lost Huff. I got a rookie safety in there. I'm going to play my corners off so that they're less likely to be deep and have it all on that safety. I could see him saying, I'm not going to put – the rookie in that scenario where I'm having the corners play tight coverage. And if they get beat, he has to be there. Or it's a long touchdown. Carlos says props to you, Rob can't be easy producing and trying to keep up with Levin's football intellect. <laughs> I was wondering why you were giving me the looks you were giving <laughs> Levin's football intellect. Trust me. That is not something I have trouble keeping up with. Uh, Math skills on the other hand. Well, that's fair. I'm totally willing to uh, acquiesce to you on that. Day Household, new YouTube channel member, says Kittle lined up wrong. Maybe he did. Like, I just felt like everybody kind of, and I get it. Like, I did. 
as a fan, I was like, okay, we're up 27-7. We got it now. That was the knockout. Like, we're good. And I think if, like you said earlier, if they hadn't scored as fast as they did, I think they would have been fine. But once Tampa scored that quickly, that changed how the rest of the game played out. Yeah, the the, uh, the the one thing that you could complain about offensively in this game is things like Kittle lined up wrong. They had a lot of, once again, a lot of penalties on offense. I think, what was it, uh, yes. two holds and like three false starts, so to speak, or lined up wrong where they had a lot of time penalties off. in the game, period. Yeah, well, they've had a lot of penalties, and part of that is defense is always going to have some penalties. It's pretty much impossible to play defense and not have penalties, especially when you have a physical style like the 49ers. But the offense has been adding three or four penalties per game, and that just can't happen. Like, yeah, okay, one, maybe two holding calls a game, but a lot of the drives that haven't ended in points have been due to an offensive penalty derailing that drive. Seven penalties on a day, 66 yards. Not I- not terrible. It's just not. I mean, that, I think the 66 yards is right around their average for the season. So. I'm trying to go back and look right now. What did they do at the half? Uh, I don't see. I wrote it down because it was one of the big five penalties for 39 yards at halftime. So they had two penalties after halftime. What's the math, Eleven? How many penalty yards did they have after halftime? I totally wasn't listening because I was seeing this comment. I wanted to ask our subscriber what he's drinking. James T. Kirk, you jerk. Nothing better than having a beer with you guys live after a win. What are you drinking, James? I had a Blue Moon. I go with Blue Moon. And Levin had a Sam, uh, what did you have? Cherry Wheat. Cherry. I've never had it before. There you go. Um, What was the, what did they have at halftime? They had uh, five penalties for 39 yards at halftime, and they had seven penalties in the game for 66 yards. Yeah, so they had 27 yards in the second half on two. Sure, after you just stalled to get more time to do the math in your head. It's so hard to do a single minus <laughs> math problem. Uh, how about this comment from Aaron Rodriguez? Chase Young's sack sealed the game. Yeah, Tristan Wirfs got hurt. Did you notice who came in for Tristan Wirfs when he got hurt? I did not. Justin School, old <laughs> 49er. I mean, he got schooled. <laughs> <laughs> Gave up a pressure. That was a terrible joke. And then Worfs comes back in, and yet Chase Young makes a beautiful play, sacking Baker Mayfield on third and nine to set up the fourth and 18 at the end that sealed the game. Chase Young has been everything we had hoped he would be when he came over. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't hope for more than a sack per game. So <laughs> uh, Jason says, shocked Bosa didn't get a penalty for slamming Mayfield, especially the way Baker cried about it to the ref. He did cry about it to the ref. Uh, Bosa kind of pulled him down and he cried to the ref and Bosa came over to him afterwards and kind of gave him like a, like, Hey man, I'm sorry. Or just like tried to talk to him a little bit. I mean, you're, you're going to get hit. It's the NFL. The one that stuck out to me was uh, after uh, Hufanga got hurt, they sent Oliver on a blitz. Yes. And he got there in time to hit Baker, but not in time to sack Baker. And I loved that. He got a little bit like he, Basically bumped him with his chest, but then didn't finish it off. Like a lot of DBs, when they finally get a blitz and go after the quarterback and they get a chance to hit the quarterback, they don't let it go. And they end up getting a late hit if they don't get there in time. I like that he pulled off. I like that they figured out how to way to prevent Isaiah Oliver from giving up a completion in coverage. (laughs) Send him on a blitz. 
then he can't do it. Um, Patrick Lucero says, who do you guys want to replace Hufanga if he's out for the season? Do you want him to sign someone? I'm assuming it's going to be Jair Brown since he came in. I mean, he was their highest draft pick this year. I, I don't know if they would sign somebody to be like a third option in terms of like back up the other two. Well, they're gonna... I'm not sure how confident they are in their, what was their fourth option now going to be their third option at safety. Mm-hmm. So they might end up signing somebody, but it, it's going to be Brown that gets the playing time. Shanahan was asked if there's anything Brock Purdy can't do. He said, I don't know if he can run a four, three. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> uh, James T. Kirk says he's drinking a, Pauliner Oktoberfest Marzen. I don't even know what that is, but I would drink it if it was in front of me. <laughs> I will drink I, any beer. I, I do not know that one either. I don't know what the Marzen part of it is. Me either. Got to uh, be a certain like twist on Oktoberfest. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Gameplan.exe. Watching on Twitch. Shout out to everybody watching on Twitch. My loyal Twitch family. Haters of Levin Black. I fully support it. Says, can't really sign anybody good at this point. Anyone who would clear waivers wouldn't be that good. Yes, it's, it's tough to, to make those kind of There's one guy out there at safety. Who tart? <laughs> oh, God, he's not going back. Not after all the crap he said. I would I would highly doubt it. Plus, like, does I mean, from what I had heard, he had offers to play and chose not to. He was basically yeah. like, I'm good. So yeah. he was basically saying, I'm not coming for crap money. Right. I, so this Odin thing brings up one negative part of, of, of the game. Odin did not have a good game in, in his special teams. You know, he's kind of a special team specialist. The ace, yeah. He had the penalty for running into the returner. Which... And then on the long return that they had, mm-hmm. Odin had the outside to contain him, and he bit inside hard, and then the guy reversed field. So, yeah, that was extremely frustrating. The Niners have the the Bucks have the 17 play 68 yard drive. They get no points out of it because the defense holds. Niners get the ball back. They go three and out. They punt and they give up a 49 yard or a 51 yard return. And Tampa's literally one yard away from where they were on fourth down. That's where they started the possession. And it was like, dude, like that's why it was so dicey at the end of the game. It was kind of like a comedy of errors. And yeah, like not a good game for like that's why you're on the roster, dude, is for your special teams play. They specifically signed you to lock that down and they didn't do it. I don't remember specific plays. I do remember Odom getting some time at safety in the last couple of years and it did not go well. If I remember correctly, his 
ability to recognize things was very, very bad. Like he was constantly getting beat by double moves and not being in the right spot. I do not remember going well, which is why he became a special team specialist. But like, I, I feel like they have to sign somebody. I don't, I don't think that they're going to just stick with what they have. We will see. They signed your buddy, Jason Verrett to the practice squad. He's on a safety, but I saw that, that they did do that. Uh, brought him back. A lot of people are calling for Dante Johnson, the barnacle. They worked him out already. So I don't know. He's not a safety either, but look, it's a good. Uh, he has played safety for us. We, sh- yes, yeah, that's true. Yes. We should be celebrating. They did what they needed to do after the bye week, right? They, what do we say? They need to win these two games. They got to beat Jacksonville. They got to beat Tampa because we have to go into the Philly sandwich. So uh, what is it? Eight and or seven and three, excuse me. And they won it. Oh, sandwich, sandwich. I see what you're saying. So you're including the Seahawks games because Philly's sandwiched in the middle. I got exactly. you. Yeah, Seattle, Philly, Seattle. So what do they need to go in these next three games for you to feel comfortable in week 15 against Arizona when they play? I mean, two and one would be great. As long as they split the Seattle games, right? it's okay. The chances of getting the one seed I don't think are great. I, I think Philly's going to lose too many more games, and I don't think Detroit's going to lose too many more games. They have to split the Seattle games. They can go one and two and be just fine. If they go one and two, they're still leading the division because at worst in that scenario, they would be, I think, tied with Seattle and they would have the tie break. So I think they would, yeah, because Seattle lost to an NFC opponent and a divisional opponent. So that's, yeah, that actually is a big, that's a meaningful loss for the Seahawks in a big way. Um, Eight and five, I wouldn't be excited, but I wouldn't be like doom and gloom either as long as they split. Like if the one win comes against Philly and they lose both of the Seattle games, I will be pretty doom and gloom because they're going to be a full game most likely behind Seattle in that scenario. And Seattle would have to lose the middle game for the Niners to be able to maintain, but they would lose the two games in division and lose the tie break. Yeah, I think if you win on Thursday, you can wrap up the NFC West. I think that's where we are right now. because Unless something crazy happens, yeah, you pretty much have the NFC West. Because you'd have one win against the Rams already. You'd have one win against the Cardinals already. And if you win on Thursday, you have one win against Seattle. So you can only split against everybody in your division. Worst case scenario, if you win on Thursday. And uh, I think they will, honestly. I I think they are going to win on Thursday. It's going to be, it's not going to be comfortable because you're in Seattle, short week. But Geno's obviously banged up. Seattle's defense is looking good. But I think the Niners are starting to figure it out defensively now this Hufanga injury maybe that throws a monkey wrench into everything I don't know but if you can win on Thursday you lock down the NFC West for the second straight year just don't let DK Metcalf get going that guy's insufferable (laughs) he's not a Seahawks fan god is he terrible to watch even if I wasn't like a fan of a divisional team if I watched DK Metcalf I'd be like what is that guy's problem he went off today too. DK five catches 94 yards a touchdown beast man absolute beast he's good he's also a major major prima donna i'm gonna be super physical with you but how dare you get physical with me? <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that gino came back into the game i feel like he'll be out there on thursday he'll be out there on thursday is he ha- hampered in any way that's the question right andre youtube channel member says these seattle games are always hard they have some good wide receivers uh, day household says only four real games left. We have a chance to lose. Don't say that. Don't say that. I think this Niners team has shown they can lose to anybody. 
right now they've won two straight. You you've you've helped soften that three game losing streak a little bit, and it's good. You don't have to blow everybody out by twenty five points. Like yes, we would like that, but that's okay. Just get the win and move on. Don't worry about style points. Now, according to a certain beat reporter, championship teams always put away the other team when they're playing bad teams, and they never let them hang around like we did with the Bucks. Is that what Grant said? Yeah. I mean, that's the whole league is designed for games to end in one score. Yeah. And- I, I, I responded to it. Like, literally the Chiefs last year won a Super Bowl. They lost to a 4-12 and Colts team early in the season. They beat the Broncos by three points. And they beat the Broncos a second time by only six points. And there are a couple other games in there, like against the Texans and the Titans, teams that didn't make the playoffs, weren't good, and they barely beat them. They needed overtime in some of them. Every single championship team mm-hmm. has games where they don't put away a crappy team. They let them hang around, but they still get the win. And look, the Niners could have lost this game or, or made it a lot hairier. The defense did hold at the end of the game. I know it was dicey, but they did Stop that. Yep. The Bucks did not score. So you, if you want to bang them for letting Tampa Bay hang around, okay. But you also have to give them credit for stopping them. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs won a Super Bowl, and they didn't even stop the other offense. Garoppolo just overthrew it. <laughs> well, that's true. There was a lot of time <laughs> left in that game. Leon Dixon says, I'm calling a Debo game this Thursday. I could see that. I mean, he's due. He hasn't done it much. Like I said, he hasn't been terrible since he came back, but he hasn't been a focal point at all. I think he, I think he has with rushes. I think he has, I want to say, three rushes in the last two games and six receptions. So nine total touches in two games. I think that Debo's contribution to the offense, his most consistent contribution to the offense, is that he scares the bejesus out of the other defensive coordinator. They're following him on every play. They're watching him on every play that he has such a gravity along with McCaffrey that he opens things up for other guys. And the reason I say that is because they look so different when he's not on the field. And like you said, today is not a huge Debo day from an actual statistical contribution standpoint, but his presence there affects things in a big, big way. I mean, it's a numbers game. When you get Debo and you have Kittle and you have Ayuk, you can't cover all three. And all three are capable of beating a single coverage. You know, Kittle can't be covered with a linebacker. That's right. what Tampa tried to do today. It doesn't work. Ayuk cannot be covered in man. He cannot be covered by one person. He's he's good enough now. He's beating everybody one-on-one. And if Debo's out there, you pretty much have to assign somebody to him to just mirror him because you don't want to trust a linebacker or a DB to make the first tackle. Because <laughs> it's not going to happen probably. It's not to me. That's that's why Debo. When everybody's back, Debo tends to not have very big games, and it's because out of all those guys, he's probably the one that can't beat one-on-one coverage consistently. Like the other guys can, he he can't, and that's why he kind of becomes more of an afterthought when the other guys are healthy. Ralph Lowe, twenty-three, says when the playoffs start, the real Debo shows up. You're not wrong. I mean, you've seen him have huge games in the playoffs. Last year against Seattle, he was an absolute freaking monster. But look, I'm fine with that. If he can still have the effect on the defense that he's having and then show out in the playoffs, like, yes, please, I will absolutely take that. Yeah, I think uh, Heideman over on Twitch (laughs) says, Debo is a luxury gadget. 
I think that's a good way to put it. it. It's a great thing to have. Don't necessarily need it. You need somebody that can beat one-on-one coverage as a wide receiver. You need that. But you don't necessarily need the Debo. He's a luxury, but boy, is it a great luxury to have, and it takes your offense to a whole new level. 49er Shaolin style says, how many times did the Bucks blitz today? I'm interested to see that myself. I don't know, but I know that they blitzed a lot coming into the week. And, and you have said, and I said, if they blitz Brock, he's going to make them pay because yeah. he can beat the blitz. He knows what he's doing there. And look, we all know the day Brock Purdy had. Again, if you're just joining us, 21 of 25, 333, three touchdowns and a perfect quarterback rating. I wasn't paying overly close attention to it in the flow of the game, but it felt like just replaying plays in my head as the game went on, they were blitzing a lot, but blitzing down the middle. And I think that's smart because that's certainly the weakness of this offensive line, Uh, but it it wasn't working. Purdy is too good at diagnosing and getting the ball out. It was a masterful Brock Purdy performance. Got a little dicey at the end, but again, I'm not going to complain about a win, and I'm certainly not going to complain about a double-digit 49ers win again. They get the victory. They are now 7-3 and three on the season. They are first place in the NFC West, not via tiebreaker. First place standalone. To me, this was a very good week for the 49ers. Yeah, they're third in the NFC, and we got to see where that goes. They they can't – they don't control their own destiny that way. Right. Because – they can beat, they can win out. And if the Eagles only lose to the 49ers, the Eagles would have the one seed. So I think that's the, the Niners need to take care of business. But as 49er fans, even more than we already have, you need to be watching Seattle and Detroit games when the Niners aren't on. Right. Because Detroit's got to lose too. And Jared Goff threw. He, he had, played like crap. He had three picks today and he should have had a fourth, which was, should have been a pick six because he threw a ball to Jalen Johnson right at the goal line that Johnson stepped in front and had in his hands. And if he catches it, he yeah. is gone for like 100 yards and six. Uh, but it didn't happen. So credit the Lions for the win. But Niners 27, Bucks 14. That's a wrap on this edition of the Instant Reaction Show. Levin, thank you so much for hopping in. We greatly appreciate it. Thanks to everybody, all our new YouTube channel members, everybody that hopped into the chat, contributed a comment. We love celebrating with you afterwards. We love everybody, all your interaction. It is so, so awesome. Thank you very much, everybody. Enjoy the week. This is going to be a week where you're not going to hear that much good about the Niners because they won by multiple scores, and that's what they were supposed to do. And they're going to say, whoa, that game got a little bit hairy at the end. Pay it no mind. Pay it no mind because you're exactly where you needed to be right now. And enjoy your turkey day early so That's that you're nice. not dealing with family and trying to have a good Thanksgiving before the night, like after the Niners game starts. Like get it out of the way so the Niners game is the only thing left for your day. I know on the West Coast that's going to be harder for you and me. The game doesn't start till 8 20. Right. So yeah, it's going to be pretty easy. Like I work, but I'll get home. I'll eat with the family and then it'll be game time. And it'll be like, all right, no matter how this goes, my day has already been spent. That's right. And are you going to be on the instant reaction show on Thursday? Yeah, I'll be on it. All right. Yeah, that's commitment, baby. And I, love I might it. be stuffing my face with leftovers or drowning my sorrows with leftovers. Depending that's on all right. It. If the Niners win, we'll do like Seattle did a couple of years ago, right? Remember when Seattle ate on the field? I'll bring the friggin' turkey leg and we'll just <laughs> stuff our face live on the air. 
By the way, shout out to everybody watching on Twitch. Sign me to nine. Invisible Biscuit. Walton E101. We appreciate the Twitch family, even though Levin doesn't. Where's Invisible Biscuit? He's invisible. I don't see him. Well, no, I don't see that. I totally don't see that on the screen right now. Okay. All right. That's good. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Go damn Niners. And we'll talk to you soon.